Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related. Is everyone awake now? Including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from outside Crown Cigars and Ales here in beautiful Brentwood, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Devin. I'm joined, as I am every week, by the man who share, who hides his frustration and anger better than anybody I've ever met, Mr. Shane Reeves. I didn't know I was frustrated and angry. Well, when I got the text message at 10 a.m. on Saturday that said, hey, do you want me to go ahead and upload the podcast? I figured there was some at least disappointment behind those words. Uh, so apologies to all the listeners. That was wonderful. Apologies to all the listeners for the late release. That was my fault. Well, back to what I was originally planning to say. Did those sunglasses come with a dog? And a hurricane. <laughs> Holy cow. I come in here, folks. He's wearing the old man's sunglasses, the ones that they wear over their other glasses. That's the, those are gigantic. These are the latest in aerodynamic cycling sunglasses. Thank you very much. Okay. Are they bulletproof? I mean, they seem to be... Just for that, I'm doing the whole podcast with my sunglasses on. With your on. sunglasses on? Well, the sun never sets on the cool... But tell people what you're smoking. All right. So uh, I want to thank listener Alex for pointing out a ridiculous deal on a box of 20 of the La Polina Black Label. Did he send that to he you as well? He sent that to me. I snatched a box up in about 30 seconds after getting that text message from him. Um, not usually a, a proponent of buying your cigars online, but when you get a deal this good uh, at about $2.50 a cigar when they're normally about an $11 cigar, I just couldn't pass it up. So tonight, I am smoking the first La Polina Black Label out of that box. Uh, this cigar, my phone went to sleep. This cigar is as full-bodied as full-bodied comes. Right. Uh, I, I got the Toro size, which is my favorite. It has a Brazilian Bahiano wrapper leaf, um, which is just oily and rich and beautiful. Uh Lajero Nicaraguan demonic, Dominican uh, fillers. Demonic wow. fillers. Demonic fillers. <laughs> uh, if you haven't eaten all day, it certainly feels that way. Uh, and then, um, and I don't see the binder on this, uh, but it's just it's just a phenomenal full-bodied cigar. And La Polina is one of those cigar companies that you're not going to see in every humidor, but it's one of those, when I see La Polina in a humidor, I know that it's a place that's really taking time to curate their selection. Is that why we're smoking outside tonight? You're smoking a cigar that you ordered online so you didn't feel right sitting inside? Well, we don't. I, I have already purchased from the shop today, and I will again in a moment. Uh, I, you know, we, From time to time, we will smoke cigars on the show that we haven't purchased locally here. Uh, we try not to when we can, but... Um, but no, it's awesome. You know, the humidity has dropped to like 70% today. It's been really nice. I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Yeah, it's super nice. So I'm smoking a, new, a unique cigar tonight. This is so Avo at the IPCPR this year decided to release a Avo Regional West Edition and an Avo Regional East Edition cigar. And they released these two cigars, so I, one of them will be, I guess, for sale. I don't know where the boundary line is. It doesn't say, what, is it the Mississippi River? Unless stated otherwise, is it always the Mississippi River? East of the Mississippi is going to be this one. West of the Mississippi is going to be the other one. I would imagine. I, I think that would be it. But So I'm smoking the Avo Regional East Edition. This is an Ecuadorian with a Dominican binder and filler. It has Nicaraguan filler also. Um, the factory, it's interesting, the factory is OK Cigars. That's not a factory I've heard of before. Nor my, nor I. But they also, and in this one, take a look at that. Ain't that a beauty? They call it a perfecto, but that feels like a Solomon. That's me. a perfecto. I'd call that a perfecto. That's six. I thought a perfecto was four to five inches. That's like six. Perhaps, but either way. But anyway, and I'll, and we we won the lottery. Those of us in the east won the lottery because the regional west edition is just a straight bellicoso. Five and a half by 56. So we definitely won the lottery in the size department Category. of this yeah. cigar. So I smoked one last night before the poker game. Really, really enjoyed it. I actually had other cigars I was thinking of smoking for the show tonight. But just too good a cigar. My, my favorite thing to hear you say before a show is, okay, should I smoke this one? Should I smoke that one? Should I? Well, uh, this one. Uh, duh, and you go back and forth. You go, no. This is the one I want to smoke, and that was the case tonight for you. Right. Not the one I feel under obligation to smoke. This is the one I wanted to smoke. So very excited to get this and all, but 
So as is our want, why don't we start with something legislational? Let's updating. do. I, but I actually have some somewhat good news uh, on that front. In what I what I found this week, it's from RollCall.com, which is important. You know, we all we we always try and give the the source credit when we talk about something. But what's interesting about RollCall.com, this is a website that is dedicated. It's basically an online periodical or newspaper that's dedicated to news about what's going on in Washington from a legislative or regulatory standpoint. This is an opinion piece. Um, And why that's important is because everyone on Washington and sort of tangentially related is reading news from this site. This is an opinion piece from Scott Pierce and Joshua Haberski. Now, You may recognize those names, but if you don't, Scott Pierce is the executive director of PCA, formerly IPCPR, and Joshua Habersky is the director of federal affairs for that same organization. So these are guys that know what what they're talking about, and they co-wrote this opinion piece that has been published on, and it's it's largely, the reason I think that it's so important, it it says a lot of the stuff that you and I have already said before, and it says a lot of the stuff that everyone in the industry already knows. But I feel like this gives us a little bit of insight into what was in the letter that went to the FDA. A couple of things. I won't read the whole thing, um, but he does talk about how not all tobacco products are the same. Um, Tobacco policy is back again on the main stage of political discourse thanks to the rise in youth usage of vaping and e-cigarettes. We recognize the need to address adolescent nicotine addiction, um, but not all tobacco products are created the same. He cites the... National Institute of Health, the NIH, the FDA, and the Population Assessment of Tobacco and Health, or PATH. The PATH survey in particular, and this is the thing that really got my attention, and it says with data what we've always said. The average age of people enjoying their first premium cigar. Do you want to take a guess at what it is? Wow, the shoe's on the, shoe is on the other foot. I know. Um, it just occurred to me to do this to you. 32. You're off by two. 30. 30. The average age of someone enjoying their first cigar is 30. So um, so it goes on to, to mention the fact that premium cigars do not have the addictive qualities or the same health risks as other tobacco products. And it talks about how um, all of this regulation is under the guise of tobacco control, um, but and, and that it's very uh, emotional-based. Um, just a really good article. Head over to rollcall.com and take a take a view of that. I think it's going to give us a pretty good idea of the um, uh, of the attitude and the information that was presented to the FDA. You know, we covered this pretty much in detail since the dawn of the show. They just need to exempt premium cigars. They can have flavored cigars. Right. Don't care. And just move on with life. Well, on that front, I'm going to leapfrog you again um, and just kind of touch on this other article I found because it because you, you hit the nail right on the head, which is um, the, 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 you know, flavor tobacco and stuff like that. Just let them have it, right? This is from Lowell Sun. I don't know where that is. Somewhere near Chelmsford. I, I don't know where that is either. Um but it's another opinion piece and talking about how banning flavored tobacco is an excellent move. I'm writing to congratulate the Board of Health, blah, 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 by restricting the sales, blah, blah, blah. Well, you, but you, you, you protect you, the health of all Chelmsford's residents, especially its youth. This is just the start for people like that. Well, here's the thing. You skipped something in that blah, blah, blah. When we were talking about it before the show, you said... Limiting the sale of flavored cigars except in tobacco retailers. Oh, you're right. As, by restricting the sale of flavored tobacco and vape products to adult-only retail tobacco stores, uh, also regulating the pricing and packaging of inexpensive cigars and capping the number of establishments that may hold a permit to operate adult-only retail tobacco stores. Now, that's the part I think is most important. Right. Not only, you know, this tobacco shop is 21 and up and only. Um, th- that, that's the case a lot of places. So not only are they restricting flavored cigars and, and things like that to cigar shops, which I don't think they belong in, um, but the market will dictate that. These guys can just choose not to bring them in if they want. But they're also limiting the number of permits to allow people to open up shops like that. Well, and here's the thing. 
if they could bring, because I feel like what this article is aimed at as Swisher Sweets, Golden Owls, whatever, 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 peach, cher- peach cherry, grape flavored cigars. That's what I feel like that you buy at a gas station somewhere. That's what these are aimed at. Especially because when you look at the language of this article, it talks about tobacco companies price little cigars at levels that are attractive to youth, often selling them for less than a dollar each. Blah, 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 blah. Um, Leads to nicotine addiction. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Um, By requiring that little cigars be packaged. So they keep using that term, little cigars. Right. So they admit by their own choice of words that they're not talking about premium cigars. But but they don't... I get the impression that the facts don't matter to someone who holds this belief. Well, and have you ever seen anyone in a 21-up cigar lounge that would buy Swisher Sweets if they were on the shelf? Very rarely. I have, we have had, back when I worked in this shop and others, people come in asking for them. But, but by and large, I'd say, no, you're right. Yeah, you know, when somebody asks for it, just say, hey, this is a cigar shop. Yeah, I, I have been known on my more cantankerous days to say, no, we only sell cigars here. Yeah, that, that makes much more sense. So, stepping, out, stepping away from legislation, because I do think those are two good articles, point well made. But let's talk about legislation to lift Cuba travel restrictions introduced in Congress. This is from Aficionado. And bipartisan group of senators, Patrick Leahy, D- Democrat Vermont, yada, 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 so forth and so on. What's your thoughts? What do you think about Because we can sit here and I can tell you the bill number and all that garbage. But the fact of the matter is, is this, is it matter? Is it really worth it? You know, this guy climbs all the way up on his soapbox. Every single American should have the freedom to travel as they see fit. I, I mean, I agree with that on premise. I mean, it, w- reasonably, why, why do we still have travel restrictions with Cuba? Right. I, I mean, we, uh, there's, there's really no, I mean, the, the Cold War is over. Bay of Pigs was a long time ago. You know, the... I don't really, but but at the same time, I just don't see a need for it either. Well, but here's the thing: what's what's the what's the difference in Cuba today than the day that the travel restrictions were put in place? Have they changed? Have they had a revolution? Have they done anything but get worse and more wore out? Yeah, but does but should that affect our ability to travel there? Well, if the travel restrictions were valid at the time they were issued, and nothing has changed, and hence, one could argue that they weren't. One could argue that they weren't. I mean, because the the primary thing was the trade embargo. It was basically we were trying to cut, we were trying to suffocate them by not sharing goods with them. You know, but the little bit of tourist dollars that we're going to send their way is still not going to make a dent in their GDP, I don't think. Uh, Well, no, they pulled the cruise ships. And you talk about a cruise ship pulling up to a port and dumping out 1,300 people three times a week. You're not talking about chicken feet. No, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. But again... You know, the, the trade embargo was one thing, but the travel restrictions, I don't know that they were necessarily, you know, this is one of the funda- fundamental differences in you and I politically is that I really don't feel like the U.S. needs to be the policeman of the world. And so these types of, now granted there was, and I don't have time, we don't have time to get into all the politics that kind of went into how this got established. Nor the, the desire. <laughs> yeah, nor the desire. Um, but, you know, I'm all for lifting the the restrictions. You know, it's just one of those things that doesn't really affect my life. And I, and I know that's an extremely self-centered view to take of it. But it doesn't really affect my life. You know, if there was a cruise going to Cuba and it was priced appropriately, yeah, I'd probably go. I mean, I think it would be, by all accounts, it's a beautiful country. Uh, at least the, the parts that tourists are allowed to see. Because I have read some reports that they're kind of restrictive, similar to the way North Korea is, about what you're allowed to be shown and take photographs of and that sort of thing. Right. So the postcards that we've all seen that look beautiful and nostalgic and have the 57 Chevys driving down the road, like that apparently is is kind of where you're allowed to go. So, you know, there are definitely some issues there. But but we also know that Cuban cigars aren't all they're cracked up to be. Okay, I got to pull over the show. The dude just pulled in the parking lot, found a speck on the front of his car, went to the back to the trunk, got out rags, and started cleaning the hood of his car. And all that's uh, that move reflects you like your car a little too well, doesn't it? 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I mean, he's a great dude. I smoked with he him is. yesterday. He's an outstanding guy. Well, but, but there are also those, it may not just be about loving his car, but he may be the kind of guy that just likes everything to be just so. And I can respect someone like that. Well, I, I, sorry, it, it totally, that's the danger of talking outside is something is like that you get happens. distracted like a yeah. Labrador. <laughs> I, I have to. But, so the Cuban travel restrictions, uh, the Cuban cigars, not as great as they all, as the legend would have you believe. Right. So I'm not jumping, I'm not lining up to get on a boat just to go smoke cigars, which I think a lot of people would be because they don't know any better. Well, speaking of which, I bought my plane tickets today. I'm tonight, actually August 1st. So by the time you hear this, it will have already happened at midnight. Tickets go on sale for the Tampa Cigar Bash by Monte Cristo. I looked this up. They sent me an email today. So Tampa Cigar Bash, this is the 10th anniversary. Big gift bags. Um, huge group of cigar guys. I'm, I'm very excited. But I got my plane tickets today. An older gentleman that I do some things for, he bought them for me. Oh, nice. And, <laughs> I draw house plans for right. him, people. Don't, <laughs> don't take that the way Trey did. But the, no, I, I, I jumped right past the... The, the lurid thoughts, and just because I knew who you were talking you about. You knew exactly no, yeah, who yeah. I was talking about. He came in my office today. I said, I, I would like to go to this. And he said, well, here, I'll get your tickets. And so he just snagged me two tickets for Glenda and myself. But we've been talking about the festivals. Now it's time to walk the walk. I can't hardly wait. It'll be October 19th, so it's 79 days from today. And they're going to have, you know, Casa de Monte Cristo is running it, but there's Rocky Patel dinners. There's Oliva pre-parties. There's the main event. And check this out. So the tickets, the $150 ticket gets you a bag with 30 to 40 cigars in it. Dang. Is that not worth the that's, price of the ticket? I mean, unless they're all, you know. Even when you factor in the plane ticket, that's still a pretty good p- price per stick. Yeah. So, you know, and it's a plane ticket. It's hotel room. It's a, it's a couple of bucks. But very excited. Can't, har- can't hardly wait to actually go do it. The Rocky Patel pre-party is Friday, October 18th, 6 to 9. I'll definitely be at the Rocky pre-party. Is that, part, is that included with your ticket? Well, I'm going to buy the VIP. Okay. Yeah, so it'll be... So it'll be included in your ticket, but yeah. not every ticket. Right. Yeah, the tickets, the range, you know, it's 150 for the basic ticket, and then it's like two and a quarter for the VIP. And always... Just a rule for life, folks. If you can squeak out the money to go to one of these things, squeak out a little extra for the VIP. Well, especially when you think about, I mean, even if we're still talking price per stick versus the the overall price, I'm I'm sure you're going to get a couple extra by going VIP and going to that dinner and that sort of thing. So, I mean, it, it all bears out. Yeah, well, just as a general rule of life, if they have the VIP tickets on sale, you know, we went and seen um, the horse thing at Opry Mills last year. I forget the name of it, but it was Arabian horses, and people were riding them, and it was all in the show. Chevalier or something like that. Yeah, the giant tent was beautiful, was absolutely beautiful, but I, I went ahead and put the extra couple of bucks at it and went VIP. So worth it. Yeah. Absolutely so worth it. So I'm I'm learning in life two things. When you order ribs, always ask for center cut because they cost the same. They don't charge any different, and you don't get that end cut of rib where it comes to the point and it's all all kind of massy together. I I actually like that part because you get more of the char from the outside. Well, it's it's a palate thing. Yeah, but I always order center cut. When I ask for ribs, I always say. Bring me center cut. I want my three or four bones from the middle of the hog. And the other thing, if you can afford to go, you can probably afford to go VIP. Yeah. Even if you have to cut back on, you know, okay, so it's not going to be the steakhouse romantic dinner before the show. But definitely well worth the time. But very excited about that. Speaking of well worth the time, I'm going to send us a little long in the first half of the show because I found an article from Aficionado that I want to touch on before we get to the Cigar Under 8 because this week we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to... Sorry, I just blew smoke in the microphone. um, Rather than do a Cigar Under 8 this week, I found an article from Cigar Aficionado that's going to take the place. It's eight cigars under $8 for the summer. 
And basically, it's just it, it's kind of a comprehensive list that they've given to Budget Cigars. They did this is important because it's not just based on their original rankings, which you know, Aficionado does their rankings based on size, not just on line and blend. So these are going to be size specific, which we don't usually do with the under eight. But um, they did a blind test again, just in this category. Um, 15 points for appearance and structure, 25 for flavor, 25 for smoking characteristics, and then the remaining 35 are just sort of overall impression enjoyment. Do you have the article pulled I've up? got it right here in front of me. Um, the first one on the list is the Punch Diablo Scamp. Now, this is a cigar that you very much enjoy. I did, and I actually, the Scamp is the right size. I enjoy the Scamp so much better than the whatever it is, the big one. I agree. No, this is the cigar, This is the size that I had as well. It's a six and a quarter by 50. It's a perfect size for this blend. Yeah. You uh, know, and we were discussing this yesterday. The size of your cigar really does change the flavor. I mean, there yeah. really has a lot to do with how the, the size is going to affect the flavor of the smoke. It really does. And this one is rated 90, 93 points at a retail of 719. So the next one on the list is definitely my favorite on the list. Mine too. The Hoya Silver Corona. And a um, rich, dark chocolate leaf. Came per- out at the show last year in 17 or oh, 18. Yeah. Um, they say medium to full-bodied. Uh, definitely feels more medium than full to me. I would agree with that. Uh, rated 92 points, retails at $6.30. Um, Mexican binder, Ecuadorian wrapper, Nicaraguan fillers. It's, it's got a great recipe. Just a great smoke. I, that's, that's probably my favorite one on this list, even, even more so than the number five cigar. Which surprises me a little bit. Number three is one that I don't think either one of us have ever had, much less even heard of, maybe. Um, it's the La Galera Habano Bonchero. I've never seen this cigar before. Uh, it was released to the U.S. market in 16. Fairly small release, I'm guessing. Um, rated 9510 retail price, so it's on the more budget scale of all the rest of these on this list. Well, the New World Cameroon Selection Churchill... Is a great cigar. From A.J. Fernandez. You know, I... I don't recognize this Raptor. I don't know that I have smoked this in the Cameroon. The It, it came out just a couple of years ago, or maybe last year. Uh, but it's if you're a Cameroon fan, and Camer- people tend to either be Cameroon fans or not. There's not a whole lot of people that are on the fence about Cameroon. I am a big Cameroon fan, and this does it really well. And the sweetness of the Cameroon wrapper balanced with that A.J. Fernandez spice, I think, does really, really well. The Churchill in this is a 7-inch by 48 ring gauge, so it's a lot of cigar for a $6.50 price point. So the next one I bet is yours, favorite. Uh, no, the, the Hoya Silver is actually still more my favorite other than this one because, for me, the Padron 4000 is the best in, that, in their budget line. Uh, size matters kind of situation. Uh, but this is the Padron Ambassador Maduro. This is a great stick at, uh, oh, they don't have the size on this one, but it is. It's, it's a Lonsdale. It's so a it's, Lonsdale, yeah. Um, I mean, what is there to say? It's a Padron for yeah. under $8. It actually retail, according to this, uh, rated 90 points, which is the same rating that the New World Cameron Selection got, just FYI. Um, 590 retail price. I would be hard-pressed to find a Padron cigar for $5.90 in this town. In, the, or in, in any area. of the adjacent ones. Absolutely. No, you're going to have a really hard time finding that. That may be a little more wishful thinking than I actually would embrace were I the author of the article. Right. But that's just me. Uh, that's aficionado pricing. Um, you know, the Alec Bradley Coyote or Coyo. Coyo. Oh, why, why did I want to call it Coyote? No idea. Anyway, the Coyote. It's a 89 point, $7.25, topped of a pigtail. I've never smoked it. I have not smoked the Petit Lancero. I have smoked a couple of other sizes. I've smoked the Robusto and the Toro in this. This is another one of those. You Even at the Petit Lancero, you're not going to find this for, for under $8. Um, you know, maybe, maybe online prices you could get, get it for that. So I think this is a little tenuous. It's a good cigar. But Alec Bradley is one of those companies that you pay a little bit more than I think the cigar is worth most of the time. 
the Mundial was an exception, and so is the Prince Auto. Those right. are both great cigars. Um, but um, but yeah, I want to I want to f- find this particular size in this cigar and see if it's what they say it's cracked up to be. The next one on the list, number seven, is the Arturo Fuente Cubana uh, Cuban Corona. Um, for my money, the Cuban Bellicoso is a little bit better, and it's still under eight. Right. So uh, I think they maybe missed the mark a little bit on uh, on this one, but it's still a great cigar. I'm not a Fuente fan. I've told you that before, but the the Cuban Belly and the Cuban Corona both put a lot more flavor than you're expecting in a Fuente. Now, again, you've got it's kind of it's more than you expect for a Fuente. So it's still not hugely flavorful, but at five dollars and thirty six cents. Which I think is actually pretty close. I think you're probably closer to six and a half in in a shop, but you're still well under that eight dollar mark. They rated it an eighty nine. I think that's exactly right. Um, it, this is also a Cameroon wrapper. You know, there's a lot of Cameroon on this list. And I'll, now the La Aurora one hundred seven Corona, which is the last one on the list, five and a half by forty three. That's kind of the minimum size of cigar I'll smoke. That's that's I'm. I have to really want the cigar to pick up a Corona in it, or or it just has to be a price thing. But yeah, five and a half by fifty three. It's Nicaraguan filler, Dominican binder. It's it's La Aurora one hundred seven. I mean, we've had between the two of us, we've smoked everything in their line, and there's not a stinker in the bunch. Yeah, La Aurora just a great cigar. Um, never going to knock your socks off, but always going to be a solid smoke. If you want to go to, you know is going to hit, then that's it. Now, is your cigar canoeing? No, it's exploding because there's a, a big piece of the wrapper missing. Oh, uh, okay. I wondered what was going on over yeah. there. No, it's I just, and I'm also smoking it a little fast. We'll get it under control in, during the break. Try to get try to get the fire under control. Yeah, call in the fire jumpers. I gotta say, the Avo Eastern. I've sat here and smoked about half of it. It is so good. You can always tell the episodes where I bring significant amount of content because you get through your cigar so fast. You're gonna finish that thing by the end of the show. It's entirely. But plus, it's it is the perfecto. Right. So it is a little shorter. It is a little more concentrated smoke, and it's just such a pleasure to smoke when you draw this cigar. Oh, so when in, you smoke it fast, you're willing to call it a perfecto. But when you were looking, it was a Solomon. If it lasted longer. I was just trying to go with the flow, <laughs> trying to go with the article. But why don't we step back and take a break, and you can perform CPR on your cigar and try to get it put back together, and then we'll be back. Welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man who will never be targeted by the Me Too movement, but I believe the Sons of Confederacy have a hit out on him. Trey did. That might be the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay, let's, let's, before we get back into the cigars, I do have to ask, what's the deal with the little splinter groups, the Daughters of American Revolutionaries and the Sons of the Confederacy? And is Really? Is it still identifying yourself by something that happened a couple hundred years ago? Don't we have better things to do? I would think so. And I'd, it's just not one of those things that, that tickles my fancy. If you get your identif- I, your personal identity based on the fact that your grandpappy shot the blue coats in 150 years ago, you've got bigger problems. Yeah, there's there's something wrong if, if that's where you get it. And I'm, I love the South. I'm a proud Southerner. I've been here my whole life. And I don't think there's any place any more beautiful in the world. But okay, so there, there you've is not been to the Grand Canyon. Well, no, I have not. <laughs> not well, and I will say Alaska is beautiful, but it I, is. I can't go up there too often. It hurts my heart to leave. Yeah, but speaking don't know of, that I would want to live somewhere where I never see the sun. Well, you just live there during the summer. There but you go. Anyway, let's talk about an. Let's quit this frivolous talk and let's talk about something important. How to prepare to storm Area 51 and see them aliens. Step one, <laughs> don't. There we go. Moving on. This is from Task Purpose Magazine. And, uh, and you know, this whole Area 51 thing's been very tongue-in-cheek, and everybody's had a lot of fun with it. I'm just so worried that there are people that are serious about it. Well, it's all fun and games till somebody gets shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what will happen. Make no mistake about it. Um, just I want to hit the part that has to deal with cigars. 
at all. So they have an essential gear list. They have the face group book group, Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. Mm-hmm. Yes, they can. <laughs> yeah, they can you, and they will. Have you ever seen a belt fed 50 caliber? <laughs> they can stop all of you. <laughs> I can assure you they have plenty of bullets. Um, they will knock you right out of your Birkenstocks. That's right. Um, but prepare to celebrate your victory. Now you tell me. Of the people storming Area 51, could anyone identify the man or the cigar in that picture? Probably not. Well, I can't identify the cigar from that picture. Well, it's, it's Schwarzenegger and Predator. Right. And, and as we all know, you never let them see you sweat. So that's obviously a Romeo and Juliet. I was uh, actually really surprised that they didn't use the picture of Will Smith from Independence Day lighting up the cigar. That, that was a missed opportunity. Okay, did he actually ever light the cigar? Yeah, on okay. the way back. As, as he and Jeff Goldblum's character are walking back to the base after they crash land and blah, 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 they're both smoking a cigar. Okay, well, I've seen the cigar hanging out. But now, but now, you know, Schwarzenegger, during Predator, he smoked the cigar the whole time. Yeah. But it's interesting because I can tell you Task, Task and Purpose magazine... Nobody trying to storm Area 51 is a cigar smoker. It just ain't our group. I don't know. I, there are a couple of people that frequent this shop that I think could be a part of that. I think they're guys that vape, and occasionally they have to have a cigar to get their testosterone back in order. <laughs> but anyway, I just I had to hit that. It was a, it's, a, it's a fun little article, and, um, you know, just, just don't. They can stop you all. Believe yeah. me. They, they have the weapons. They have the ability. They can stop you all. This was so funny, just as long as we're talking about it, because this came across my radar a couple of weeks ago when it was all getting started, and it started to kind of get into the main ethos that people were really talking about. And it took me a while to figure out what was going on, because it was just one of those things of, like, all of a sudden I'm seeing this stuff about Area 51, and people are like, what's, what's going on? Have you actually gone into the group and read some of the... these? I hope they're not actually serious, but the way these guys talk sounds like they really think they can pull this off. It's it's absurd. It's ludicrous. And guess what, folks? It's a top-secret facility. You're not going to get into areas 1 through 51, and you're not going to get into area 51. It's just right. not... They're not going to open the doors to 49 and say, how about that? Is that close enough? Yeah, exactly. And just because you get on base doesn't mean you're getting anywhere. Assuming there is alien artifact and blah, blah, blah... That, you're not getting anywhere close to that. Yeah. So let's talk about something that's fun. The Ozark Cigar Box Guitar Festival. Have you ever played a cigar box guitar? I feel I like haven't. you would have. I, you would think, and I've I've bought the stuff to make one a couple of times, and then you move and it gets lost. And I, I really want to put one together personally. Uh, I've seen a couple. I've I've never had the opportunity to play one, though. Well, this is interesting that they actually have a festival August 3rd from 1 to 8 and August 4th from 11 to 5. So that's a lot of cigar box guitar playing. <laughs> and no smoking allowed, ironically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that for sure. I, I don't know that either. But matter of fact, a good, a good reader of the article would have looked that up, but I didn't look that up. No, I was a part... Of, oh, I can't believe I'm giving you this ammunition. When I lived in Atlanta, I used to be a part of a group uh, that would hang out and play ukuleles. And the you sexy beast, you know what? Between that and the accordion, I'm just bite, fighting them off all just, day long. Just beating. Well, anyway, carry on. So, the cigar box guitar and ukulele is is very popular in that crowd because it, it plays very very similarly. How many strings on a cigar box guitar? Usually four. Usually a four string guitar. Well. Anyway, the fe- I really brought this up because I do think this is funny, and I do think it's a fun festival. If I was in Warsaw, Missouri, I'd probably take and go go take a look. I'd probably sit there when for did, a couple hours. When did you say it was September? August third. August. Oh, man, that's too. That's this weekend. Yeah, that's that's close. Otherwise, I'd try and get up there. Well, it's also August fourth. Well, yeah, but still, it's this weekend. I couldn't I couldn't swing that. But man, that does sound like fun. I'll have to keep my eye out for next year. Who's the, who's the most famous cigar box guitar guy in the world? I wonder. I have no idea. And is there like an Eric Clapton of the cigar box guitar world? I'm sure. Well, again, being so closely related to the ukulele, there are some pretty famous uh, people who play that instrument well enough that you wouldn't know what they were playing. And I'd imagine that there's probably a couple of savants in there, some prodigies. Okay, now, the name of the artists, though. I love the name of these artists and all. A.J. Gather, 
Jason Vivone. Travis Bolin. Wasn't he a news guy on Channel 5 <laughs> around here? R.L. Superbad. And after him, the great Stovepipe Perkins. And Saturday night, the headline performer, the one that's going to close the show for everybody, is Junior Stevens. It's good to know they're not taking themselves too seriously. <laughs> yeah, you know, Sunday it's Dar Stellabata, Mark the Harp LeClaire, uh, Cody Goffman. Hey, Stovepipe Perkins is playing Sunday too. Oh, I love, I love this. this is the best name ever. Unspecified Railroad. <laughs> that's a great band name, but that's just a lot of fun. Just so this funny, silly stuff. Just something to really enjoy. And uh, okay, so let's get back to cigars. You had a great article that I really wanted to delve into before we left tonight. I did. I was trying to figure out how far Warsaw, uh, Missouri is. That's eight hours. That's a little too far for a weekend trip. Okay, I uh, need get in the car. We're going to the cigar box. <laughs> That would not. I've also got my daughter this weekend, so that would not. I oh, would, you you could torture your fiance and your daughter two know, for the one. I know, and I could wear my fish flops. It would be brilliant. Oh, it would be awesome. Carry on. Um, so this is from the Raleigh Public Record, uh, and it is the four social benefits of smoking cigars. I just love that there's a mainstream publication that is talking about cigars in a, in a positive way. There were actually a couple of articles similar to this that I came across this week, but this was the one I liked the most. Um, the benefits of cigar smoking can take many different forms. Um, it talks about, um, you know, you may find yourself entering a whole new world of social interactions when you begin to take your cigar smoking a little more seriously. The number one is find your favorite cigar store. Now, this is really... I think it's funny that it sort of reads like a how-to, but it's a benefit. And it really is. I, I've talked about this with many people before. If I'm traveling or if I move to a new, you know, talk about moving to a city where you don't know anybody. I always know wherever I go, I've got friends. Because I can find the local cigar shop and you fit in immediately. By and large, very, you know, I'm, I'm a gentleman. I try to be. So when I'm getting ready to smoke my cigar and I'm going to sit down amongst a crowd... I always ask permission. Hey, do y'all mind if I join the conversation? Right. And I'll just, to me, it's just the polite thing to do. Never heard a no, never heard anything. I've never heard anything less than an enthusiastic. Yeah, pull up a chair. Please join us. Uh, The social benefits you'll enjoy when you find a popular store will include the ability to discuss different types of cigars and when they are best enjoyed. One of the best thing about finding enjoyable stores is the fact that it's an almost exclusive club for you to join. Um, and I, I think that's so true. Uh, it's the most inclusive, exclusive group you'll ever be a part of. Oh, definitely. And number two, you will meet more people than you think. This goes to something that we've talked about on the show a lot, which is that you never know who you're going to meet in the cigar shop, whether it's a, a, a celebrity or an athlete or a, a master painter or, or people from all walks of life. And, you know, times have changed in cigar smoking is now a hip activity enjoyed by all genders with little prejudice found in most smoking clubs and cigar stores. And I think, you know, it, it goes back to, what you know, that inclusivity. No one is disallowed from a cigar shop on face value. Well, and there's also the people in there have usually experienced a degree of success in their life. They have both the time to sit and smoke a cigar, the money to sit and smoke a cigar, there's there's a general, there's more winners at a cigar shop than losers. Right. Um, one of the things I like that they point out here is in major cities such as L.A. and New York, the clients of most cigar stores and bars are now young and hip with the new embracing of a sober lifestyle taking the hobby to a whole new group of people. And I think that's something that, you know, around here, most of the cigar shops that we visit offer drink. But in most cities, that's really not the case. Yeah. A lot of cities have have legislation about pairing tobacco and alcohol and, and all that stuff. And this one did for a long time. But you know, this reminds me. I was actually had to have a talk with a young man who's no longer with us. He moved. Um, you know, he became the cigar store idiot. Yeah, and as, and relished in that. And relished in it. He he wasn't. He was not trained or versed enough in being a man to actually embrace how beneficial it really is. And I sat him down. I had a talk. I said, listen, you don't want to be known as the cigar store idiot. 
I said, there's men here that will help you with your career. They'll help you with your life. That will be glad to give you time that would cost you $150 an hour under any other circumstance. I'll be happy to give it to you for the price of a cigar. So calm down, take it easy, and do better. And then he quit talking to me. Yeah, well, yeah. So, well, you know, winners are winners, losers are losers. If you, don't want the, if you don't believe in a society of winners and losers, we know which side you're on. <laughs> the, uh, the number three is the, your problems will melt away. I know this one speaks near and dear to your heart. Uh, lately, I have shifted my cigar smoking to be less um, transactional and more towards this style of smoking. I'm, I'm down to about two a day at this point. And, I'm reser- and because of that, I'm reserving those for times of leisure a- instead of just when I start work in the morning and get in my car. And I have found such a renewed enjoyment in my cigar through that. And I mean, it's a unit of time. It forces you to slow down. It, it forces you to focus on nothing else. Uh, and, and, and I think, you know, going back to kind of the FDA and the legislation that we've talked about to death, you know, the health benefits of de-stressing your life far outweigh any possible consequences. Well, the therapeutic cigar... At all is is absolutely one. First, nicotine is a stimulant. You, you do get a little bit of that stimulation, and the conversations you share at a cigar store, the guys that actually care about you, the people that would go out of their way to do anything for you. You know, as I've been in this real estate career, one of the guys here at the shop has been nothing but amazing in helping me with anything in the world, and has told me, "Call me anytime, day or night, and I'll be there." You know, anything frustrates you, anything bothers you during this process, because he's been a successful realtor for many, many years. And many of the things he's done has majorly improved my life. So, yeah, I'm absolutely, absolutely a fan of that. Um, And then the last thing on the list is connect to your family history. And I think this is interesting uh, for me in particular, because I started smoking at 18 years old. So I was still in college. I was very much in the mindset of a young man in college. Were you in that rebellious age? Not so much. Uh, it, I mean, no more so than I am currently. But it was amazing how many times you'd be smoking outside the local coffee, coffee shop because that was allowed at the time. And people would come up and they would tell you, oh, my grandfather used to smoke cigars or my dad smoked cigars. Or, and, and that's kind of what this talk about. The comforting glow of the past will be shared with others when you begin to discuss a reason why you enjoy smoking a cigar with those who share your love of the smell and taste of a cigar. So in social terms, you'll enjoy a shared experience when you explain what your cigar means to you. Yeah, it's just uh, it's so nice because smell is so t- closely tied to memory. And so often people will walk up and they'll say, oh, that smells like... I remember my granddaddy would smoke cigars. Or I wonder... I remember when we would be around the campfire at the hunting camp and somebody would light up a cigar and how it would smell and the rich flavor of the tobacco. So, yeah, I can definitely see that aspect as that. So, one more article I want to hit. And it's from Aficionado. There have been a lot of Aficionado articles tonight. They were busy this week. They've been on the ball. Aficionado, bravo. A curious collection of cult cigars. So first, let's define what creates a cult cigar. Is it rarity? Is it the theme? Is it the gimmick? What, what, in your opinion, what is a cult cigar? A cult cigar is a cigar that has a dedicated following to me. I mean, you think about cult classics when you talk about movies. Those are movies that have a group of people who have analyzed them to death. I think it's hard to ignore... Uh, Drew Estate in this conversation and the Opus. I think those are two. When I think of a cult cigar, the Opus is one of those. Um, to a lesser extent, uh, Tatawahe, uh, less so now than they used to be. Um, but yeah, I, it's one that has a dedicated following. I'm, I've mentioned before I'm a member of Degenerate Weasels, which is a Facebook group dedicated to all things Roma Craft. That to me is a is a cult following. That is a cult brand. Yeah, so the are the cigars. So let me talk to you about Opus for a minute. The first one they mention is the Purple Rain. The Fuente Fuente Opus X was the first one, and Carlito Fuente Jr. created the Forbidden X, which is even more rare. And now they have the Opal Opus X Purple Rain Destino Al Siglo Toro. 
which we've only seen at once, one event. So this is a rarity of the series, but I feel like Fuente gilds the lily on this. I feel like every week I come in here and there's a new Fuente special edition limited arrival, you know, only 26 of them made, and it costs $5,000. And I think the reason for that for you, though, is that this store has recently become part of that uh, distribution channel. If you go to a shop that doesn't do just a whole lot of business with Fuente, you're going to see those far less. So I, I think we may be a little desensitized to it, especially lately, um, coming off the show, that sort of thing. But overall, I don't know that, but I don't know that exclusivity necessarily breeds cult. Yeah, I think exclusivity only makes it harder to get. It doesn't, and you know, gentlemen here in the cigar shop. High expectations equal high disappointments. Right. And uh, you can get, you can overhype something in your head to the point that you just don't enjoy it. I heard something at a meeting recently, which was uh, expectations are just premeditated resentments. And I think that's kind of speaking to the same thing, which is, which is that, yeah, if you have high expectations of someone or something, you're only setting yourself up to be disappointed. Another great one. Now, this one, yeah, this one totally to me, is the epitome of the cult cigar. Velvet Rat. No. The Pete Johnson Tenderloin. Yes. I've never had one. I want one. Would love You've to get my hands on one. You've had the pork chop. No, I've never even had the pork chop. Oh, I was thinking you had. No. The, the most exclusive Pete Johnson release I've ever had is the Series P. Mm. And it's only available in like 10 stores in the nation. But the pork tenderloin is one that Pete Johnson, it comes wrapped in butcher's paper. It's the whole gimmick. And to me, this does follow a cult cigar because you do hear this one brought up in casual conversation. Absolutely. And all that one, to me, really strikes an eye. Another one from Tatawahe is always the Monster Series. Yeah, absolutely. And this is uh, and this is more to what I was talking about with a cult following. You have the people. It's the way I describe it. Is kind of those who know know, and and this is one of those. You've got people who once you smoke your first monster series, you want them all. Well, and we, you know, we even take it to the next level here because every Halloween we have the monster game, and we buy a box. Austin knows, set us a box aside of whatever monster comes in. We all chip in a couple of bucks, and we buy a box of monsters, and we play a game of poker, and winner takes it home. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's just a great cigar for it. So to me, that. Pete Johnson, probably the master of the cult cigar. They got four or five of his on the list. And uh, they have the Tatawahe La Veritas cigars that actually age in the box. Mm-hmm. And they have, you know, several of his work is in here. So, really, I really think T- Pete Johnson or Drew Estate. Because it wouldn't be, you know, if we didn't talk about dirty rats and flying pigs, we wouldn't be talking about cult cigars. Right. This, Absolutely. This is definitely a cult following type cigar. Um, the Feral Flying Pig, always my favorite all-time cigar. If they had, to, if I had to say, Shane, what's your favorite all-time cigar now? Not what's your favorite cigar you want to smoke every day. Right. I don't want to smoke it every day. I would lose the joy. And I'll, I always keep a couple of Feral Pigs in my humidor just in case of emergencies or special occasions or things like that. But Dirty Rats and Flying Pigs definitely fall underneath that category. Um. The Opus X, you know, we've already covered that amply. Uh, the other ones, honorable mentions in here, they have the um, one-off from Illusione. Smoked one, was not impressed. I haven't smoked one. I bought one at Corona Cigars in Orlando and smoked it on my cruise. And just, um, it was good, but it, was, it definitely did not impress me to the level that I would want that cigar to impress me. The other Illusione um, entry into this category is the Illusione Ultra Op Number no. Three. That is a fantastic cigar. Only three hundred of these forty-eight count cases were made, and each printed with an image taken from a vintage ad for lessons in hypnotism. So, pretty interesting. That's an interesting, um, interesting get there. Yeah. And also, I, I think Illusione does the does the gimmick well because it's always understated, like with the MJ12. Um, I, I think because that 
I remember when I smoked it on the show, I told the story behind it, and I don't remember it off the top of my head now, but they do a really good job of, of developing that cult following around their lines. Well, the good thing about the Lugione is it's kind of a sleeper. It's, you know, when the, when the Añejos and the Sharks come here in the shop, they're going quick. You better call ahead and get a right. couple laid aside for you. You better really be on the ball if you want to pick up one of those. Lugione may sit in the humidor for a little while and people just not know exactly what it is. Yeah, and I've talked about this before, and it's one of the things I love about them is that, yeah, they don't spend a lot on their shelf marketing. The boxes are pretty uh, generic. The bands are usually pretty generic. But you, whereas the cost for, say, a Gurkha, you you feel like goes so much into the branding and the marketing and the box and the, with Illusiona you know that you're paying more for that cigar but because you're getting a better cigar. Well, and Gurkha could Gurkha could tame their marketing down and concentrate on their cigars and make me much happier. Mm-hmm. But Trey, let's wrap it up. Tell me about how they get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us via email at info at the cigarcast.com. We're available on Facebook at facebook.com slash the cigarcast and Instagram and Twitter at The Cigarcast. And very excited. So much good stuff coming out right now. One show, we probably order next show, just talk about the new stuff that's come out that we've been trying. Um, there's been a lot of disappointments for me this year. And all. in the next show, let's make a point to talk about that. Let's really talk about the ones that have, been, that have come out that have knocked our socks off and the ones that haven't. So pronouncing judgment on the Avo Eastern, outstanding. Everything Avo does well. It's not overly strong. Whatever level of cigar smoker you are, you can enjoy this cigar. Um, I'm going to have to get my hands on a Western just to find out. Mom and Dad are out West right now. I may call them and tell them to find me one at one cigar shop there or something. But just an outstanding, mellow smoke. Very relaxing, very therapeutic at all. Tell me about the Polina. Uh, This is going to be a six with an asterisk. Because it really depends on the mood you're in. Now, it just so happens I'm pretty much always in the mood for something this bold and this full-flavored and full-bodied. But if you're the kind of person that needs to be in the right frame of mind, you know, steak dinner or whatever it is, uh, then it's only going to give you what it's got to give if you're in that mindset. Uh, It is a very, very full cigar. But unlike, say, an LFD or some other cigars that are strong just for the sake of strength, this is so well-balanced it does pack a punch, but you are getting so much flavor out of it the whole way through. Have you ever had one of these? I haven't had one of those. I'll bring you one. Okay. Um, it's it's just such a good cigar through, through and through. For me, it's a six all day long, but with that little caveat of if you're not the typical just blow your socks off strength person, make sure in the, you're in the right mindset to enjoy it. Yeah, you've got to have you've got to have a palate ready for that. You know, there's a little palate prep goes into that, but. Until next week, everybody, thank you for listening to us. And until next time, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm